I'm recording on my thing. Okay. All right. We're recording mm-hmm. everywhere. You ready? Nope. Hi, my name's Cash. Welcome to the Auto Parent Podcast with my mom. Hello, hello. That's true. I'm his mom. I'm also your host for the Auto Parent Podcast. My name is Reverend Casey Vanatta Casebeer. I am an associate pastor and director of family ministries at Foundry United Methodist Church in Washington, D.C., and I'm a mom. Y'all, whatever we need this podcast to be, whether it's a space for solidarity or hope, to receive permission to tell guilt and shame to kick rocks. Whatever we need for this parenting journey, I pray we find it here together. So come on, let's pray toward it and let's do it. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Auto Parent Podcast, episode seven, which we're calling A Tale of Two Deacons, and you will find out why. I am your host, Pastor Casey, and y'all know me. So let's go ahead and get to our special guest for this episode. Our special guest is Reverend Ben Roberts. He is an associate pastor and director of social justice at Foundry, and he is a dad to little baby George who's getting bigger. So welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Casey. Glad <laughs> to be here. Appreciate the opportunity. We are so glad that you're here. I have a couple of questions for you so that we can all get to know you a little bit better. Uh, the first question is, tell us what your biggest pet peeve is. From my child or in, in life? <laughs> in, in life. It can also be child specific if you prefer. Um. Biggest pet peeve right now is is we're in the no phase, so every answer is no, which can mean yes. So do you want yogurt? No. And then scream about getting yogurt. That's pretty annoying. I'm still trying to get used to that one. Yeah, that's great. It's, it's even better when no means no, and no is still the answer to everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, okay, so another question that I like to ask is, what is the hardest time you've ever laughed? And it doesn't have to be like a good story or anything, just to recall a time that you laughed super hard. Not drug-induced, right? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> that never happened. Um, <laughs> I think I, I, I was trying to be keep it in the kid zone. Um, Recently, it's usually at dinner time. He decides uh, to use a new phrase. Uh, I think the last time we laughed incredibly hard, we, we were just trying to get the names of the other students at his daycare, and he started rattling off real names. And he's like, you know, there's Liam, and there's Enzone, and there's Julia, and then he just just very casually drops in, and Mr. Noodle. <laughs> And the two of us, we almost died. We had no idea what was. We we're like Mr. Noodle because he's never seen Elmo, Mr. Noodle. Yeah, he just all of a sudden is like eh, Lenzo, Enzo, Liam, Julia, Mr. Noodle. And he paused for effect, and we almost died. It was it was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> That's amazing, uh, amazing. I love it when they do that. So funny. Okay, um, so. 
our lectionary text for this week, which we're going to talk about it a little bit, um, is the covenant um, after the flood in Genesis. And so um, Ben and I have come up with some flood fun facts, which are totally false, but kind of hilarious. And so Ben is going to start and we're going to alternate and give you some absolutely factual, 100% true fun facts. I'm starting. You're starting. Uh, the deal was this. The flood was actually just a leak that got out of hand. <laughs> it's totally true. Um, also, Noah was just the lowest contract bid. Like, if you're going to save the world, you're definitely going to want to do it in the cheapest way possible. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> they could. Yeah. Let's see. It's <laughs> uh, a problem. It's good to know that things don't change. All right. Mosquitoes weren't actually on the ark. They were developed after the flood as an alternative to reflooding the earth because because uh, y'all still evil. That's why. <laughs> Mosquitoes are the worst. Um, mm-hmm. Also, did you know that after 40 days on a boat with his kids, Noah decided he would rather drown? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Hashtag uh, too real. <laughs> uh, it's a little too... It's too close to, to home. <laughs> the flood uh, actually occurred because God was giving Jesus a bath and Jesus wanted to splash. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> Every other night. <laughs> I know my uh, my kids splash pretty seriously. Like I like they're old enough now to where I can like put them in the bath and then step away for a second. And when I come back in, it's like we've dumped water all over the entire bathroom. So I can't even imagine like if Jesus were splashing, it would be soups powerful. If this was an actual video, I'd go show you the hole in the ceiling from our last leak. That's fine. <laughs> we, we don't, you guys can just imagine it. I want everybody at home to just imagine it. Good job. Just imagine. Excellent. This has been a segment called Flood Fun Facts. Again, totally true. hundred percent factual. And now we are going to get into something pretty exciting that we do every week called Parenting Fails, Parenting Confessions, and Parenting Wins. So first we'll start with Parenting Fails. Ben, do you want to go first? Yeah, it's basically what everybody else is doing. Those are all fails. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We've totally got it figured out, but everybody else. No, yeah. Everything's fine at my house. My house is fine. Uh, I, I think my consistent fails are, um, you know, when you teach them something that you think is hilarious, but then shortly after you realize, oh, crap, what have I done? Because it's just <laughs> going to keep coming back. And they have to be in public sometimes. And so, yeah, it's not great every time. You don't have to announce it every time you fart. I'm not saying I taught him <laughs> to do that, but he announces it every time he it's, George farts. It's hilarious. <laughs> I hope it doesn't happen at daycare. I mean, you know, a little warning is always good, right? Like, I don't feel like that's the worst <laughs> yeah. thing. Everybody clear out. <laughs> Everybody clear out. <laughs> you don't want to back up. All right. My parenting fail is like, I'm so ashamed. I can't even, I don't even know where to go, which way is up anymore. Like, it's so serious. The other day, I was riding in the car with just Cash. So Cash is six now. He started talking about words, and he really likes to learn new words and learn lyrics of songs. So anyway, we're talking about words, and he said, hey, Mom, I I think I want to talk about bad words. 
And I was like, where is this headed? Where, <laughs> where are we going? Great. And he was like, I just, I have heard some bad words that I think I'm not supposed to say. Can we talk about what those words are? And I was like, <laughs> please, please. I had inner <laughs> terror and also like wanted to have a moment of honesty and create space for him to feel heard. So I was like, sure, let's talk about those words. And he rattled off every single four and five letter word in wow. the book. Wow. I was like, where wow. is this coming from? Oh, right. Me. <laughs> So yeah, total fail. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's bad or good that he knows them and knows not to say them. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I feel like that's the that's the situation where you just cold call Ginger and let her deal with it. <laughs> um, excuse me, Ginger. My kids are evil. Ginger, we? <laughs> Cash wanted to talk to you. I'll be over uh, here. Yeah. Can you handle this, please? <laughs> Or where you would normally call like the the pastor of family ministries at the church and say, hey, like, (laughs) also me. So there's that. Uh, That's parenting fails. We're going to move on now to uh, parenting confessions. And these are always really good. So Ben, what do you got? I'm not sure what the difference is between parenting confessions and parenting fails. Sometimes parenting confessions are just like, secrets, (laughs) secrets, <laughs> things that I do mm-hmm. while my kids are asleep or things I hide from mm-hmm. them so they won't find them. Mm-hmm. You want me to start? Yeah, yeah, you start. Okay. So my grandparents, whom I love dearly, they sent our kids um, some gifts for Valentine's Day. And one of the things was a 400 pack of suckers. It has no. been a complete disaster. And so <laughs> my confession is that I threw them in the garbage and then I Perfect. lied to my kids about what happened to them. I'm not mad about I'm <laughs> Nobody's mad about that. No, I, no. Everybody is very proud of you. And I'm also not going to lie. Like I would come out of the room or whatever and see Riggs like double fisting, like seven suckers in each hand, oh, <laughs> like combining them all into one mega sucker in both Man. hands. And I was like, this cannot go on. So there we are. There's mine. It wasn't on purpose, but George doesn't really know that snack foods exist. <laughs> We're not out here like force feeding him fruit or anything. He just wants fruit. Right. Because fruit Period. is the bomb. So, yeah. Which is, I'm like, that's great. But his, it made his teacher nervous because she was like, huh, George doesn't like Doritos. Well, he's two years old. But he's, <laughs> George doesn't like Doritos. And I was like, well, he's never had Doritos before. <laughs> she thought she did something. She thought she had really like crossed the line. I was like, it's fine. But yeah. he doesn't He doesn't know that these things are real. So also Valentine's Day, the grandparents sent down like sour gummy worms. <gasps> yeah, He's never seen them in their full format. Right. And they were the smallest gummy worms to begin with, like less than half an inch, but I still cor- cut it into quarters <laughs> so that he could have four pieces of just one gummy worm. He was happy. He was like, thank you, Dad." I'm like, no problem, buddy. No problem. I have a terrible sour gummy worm story. Terrible. First of all, we call those spices in our house. I don't know why. Cash started that, I think. But- at one point, oh, you know what? It was actually my my Duke graduation. 
we were driving from Nashville to Durham, which is like an eight hour drive. And I think to keep the kids happy, I was just kind of like one at a time handing cash sour gummy worms, just like, and then realized that we had made it through the entire bag in eight hours. And we got to the hotel, (laughs) we got to the hotel and he was, I mean, just like running around the, the hotel room, just like, it was insane. At one point it was like 1030 and the kid would not drop. I was holding him, like forcefully holding him in my arms. Restraining him. (laughs) Yes, just trying to get him to calm down. I was like screaming at him, like, who's responsible? A demon has possessed you. And I'm not going to lie, it wasn't even until the next morning that I realized it was because of those sour gummy worms. So Um, My spouse is convinced that the sugar thing is a myth, but we're the the jury is out in this house. Yeah. But anytime she feeds him a cupcake... Like after dinner, I'm like, well, guess whose night it is to put in your bed? <laughs> Not mine. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, we we've gone back and forth on the sugar thing, but oh yeah, it'll it'll do a number on you for sure. All right. Well, that's parenting confessions. And uh now we're gonna move on to parenting wins. This is my favorite part of the podcast to talk about those moments um where we get a parenting win, whether it's finally or consecutive, however we get them, we'll take them. So what do you got over there? It's I don't know if it's a parenting win. Not that like parenting is a competition between the <laughs> two parents at all. That's not a thing. But <laughs> Uh, it's extremely rare at the moment that Dada does anything right. However, <laughs> I am the only one that can get his teeth brushed. Oh, yep. And there is not, it's not a thing. Like, it's not an ordeal. It's an ordeal if Mama tries. <laughs> it is not an ordeal if Dada tries. That feels like a win for me. Yeah. I, re- I recognize it's not helping her any, but I, uh, I don't think I care. I'm winning. <laughs> for once and that feels that feels pretty good and it's you know it's, it's brushing your teeth like that's a that's something that's that's an important thing that is important definitely yeah brushing teeth is always a big is always a big thing i will say that i win most of the time in in that regard like greg can't get the boys to do anything so i'll take that mm-hmm. as well my parenting win is also kind of coupled with a parenting fail as they normally are um <laughs> Recently, my child happened upon some pizza that had been out on the counter for three days, which is not something that we like normally do, but it is something that happened. And he consumed <laughs> he consumed the pizza and then proceeded to like just vomit for like oh, three hours. Yeah. <laughs> Nonstop, yeah. just three hour like yeah. exorcist vomiting. But So that's the fail. But the win was that I got to do a health lesson in food safety and we checked that off his homeschooling list. So I'll take it. You are, you are stretching. (laughs) (laughs) It was redemptive. He's fine. That's fine. (laughs) I, uh, I don't feel, I'm definitely not judging you right now. You're totally judging me uh, right now. That is not what this podcast is for. (laughs) Okay, sorry. Good job on the health lesson. Thanks. I feel really accomplished. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, this has been Parenting Fails, Confessions, and Wins. I want to remind you that if you have (laughs) any... (laughs) What 
are you laughing about? No, don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) This has been Parenting Fails, Confessions, and Wins. If you have any Parenting Fails, Confessions, or Wins that you want to share with the podcast, you can do so on Instagram and on Twitter at AutoParent. And now it's time to do a little something different. Well, now we are going to do our Get Real segment where we uh, look at the lectionary text for each week and get real. So our lectionary text from this week comes from Genesis chapter 9, verses 8 through 17, and I'll read it here in the New Revised Standard Version. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, As for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you. And with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, this is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh, and the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, this is a sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. This is the word of God for us today. So we're going to do something where we just initially react to the passage. So do you have any initial reactions? Initial reactions. I'm trying to remember the last time I saw a rainbow. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, it's been a minute. I think the last time I saw a rainbow, it was a double rainbow, though. Is that like extra special technically they always do that you just yeah you just more can't see a, them all the time right i think it's more of a cone effect but i don't i don't know what i'm talking about oh so that's, oh we're scientists now <laughs> yeah let me i'll write it up on facebook tomorrow i'll be a constitutional scholar again it's fine <laughs> i think my initial reaction is that there's a lot of talk about flesh and I'm like a true crime enthusiast. And so I'm like, ooh, let's talk more about flesh. <laughs> is that creepy? Uh, yeah, it is. Because when you say it, all I can think about is Dexter. So then it just goes into. See? That's not. Exactly. Flesh, very important to the, to the serial killer. I feel like <laughs> we're. We've unraveled. I mean, it might be like, yeah, it might be like OT appropriate, but it's. It's, yeah, it's definitely. not what this is about. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Those are our initial reactions. Uh, let's talk about what the, what do you think is the primary function of this text? I mean, theoretically, it's about establishing covenant, right? I don't disagree. I, I think it's the reiteration of the same covenant over and over. It's, it's, I love our whole story, but our whole story is just one story over and over again. Yep. That's right. And so, out, yeah, and so relationship, broken relationship, restoration, liberation, over and over and over and over. And I just feel bad for 
the author who's trying to make this point over and over again and the audience <laughs> isn't having it. Yeah, it reminds me, I had this professor in seminary, his name is Dr. Fred Eady, and he came up with this seven chronological C's, and I'm going to butcher them, there's no way I get these all right, but it's like creation, crisis, covenant, Christ, church, something, coming reign of God. But anyway, he talks about the vacillation between covenant and crisis. Exactly what you're saying, that we go back and forth between covenant and crisis all the time. How do you feel like this text relates to the world around you? I mean, in the moment, what are we looking for right now? We're looking for an end to the flood, are we not? Uh, You you can pick your which battle you want to feel iffy about at the moment and try and pick back up your hope about when does the flood end and when does the new promise and restoration of promise begin? And it's not a defined point, but it'll each one ends and begins all at, all at the same time. And and quite literally, like we're we're trapped inside with our family. <laughs> like there's this <laughs> there's this element of waiting for sure, waiting for renewal, restoration, all of those things that you're saying. And also there's the right now, which the floodwaters are rising. There are animals hee-hawing. <laughs> I don't think that was the best. <laughs> animals hee-haw, right? I feel like TV shows were hee-haw and <laughs> animals bray. I, it's fine. They I'm from Tennessee. Animals hee-haw. Anyway, there's like a lot of, you know, so many things happening that it's hard to sort of feel balanced and to to literally feel grounded. If I mean, if you're making these like actual comparisons with the text, like the ground is buried under gallons of water. And so, yeah, I wonder about what the sign is, like where, where's the the rainbow for you? Where is the rainbow for me is the question. (laughs) I don't know, because now all I can think about is rainbows, but in in reality, it's it's coming up more in in terms of, it, it feels more like weights are being taken off little by little. So whether it's, you know, we managed to get our kid back in daycare, which is a huge weight off. And, and that just, that frees everybody up. So you're not feeling like, you don't feel like you're flooded all the time when you can have a little bit of help. Yeah. I don't know. That's a, that's, that's a hopeful spot for me is I have better energy for the kid. Right. You know, sort of a, an unveiling of the rainbow, perhaps one being able to see one color at a time. <laughs> trying to like, or it's like these city, these city rainbows where you're like ducking around buildings trying to get a glimpse of the friggin' thing keeps <laughs> hiding right. everywhere. That's right. You know it's out there, but you got to like run six blocks to find it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think it's. Uh, I mean, just thinking about being on the other side of a five hundred thousand COVID death count announcement in the U.S. Like, it's just yet another. Thing that compounds the grief and the weight of an entire year, which is where we are now. And so just, yeah, looking for, as you say, just those little moments of, of being able to, to see glimpses of, I think there's been a, a, a movement towards saying not going back to normal. Um, but normalcy for me is a, is a real rainbow right now. <laughs> like I'm just looking for normal. What yeah. is normal? Um, so yeah, being able to tap into some level of normalcy, even if that's just, you know, getting George back in daycare or establishing a routine, whatever it is that in your house you feel like feels quote unquote normal or perhaps uneventful even. So that's a good segue. What do you feel like this text has to say to our parents this week? I've been bouncing around that question 
thinking more about like what this text hopefully doesn't say to our parents. Maybe not this one in particular, but we, we do have our little idioms about saying, you know, oh, I look at the next generation and I know everything will be fine. I think that's crap. And we've been, if we're not setting them up properly, it's not like they're going to be able to do it if we're not empowered to do it. And so if we sit there and go, oh, the next generation will get it, but we've left them nothing to work with. That's not, that's not good enough. And I'm feeling like, I feel like we see those types of generational conflicts happen over and over. So I'm hoping it's not that parents read this and think, well, the next group will fix it. No, like you've got plenty you can be doing right now so that there's something for them to work with and less things for them to have to fix. That would be that would be helpful thing to remember about how the promise is passed down and down and down. It's not to keep them perpetually fighting the exact same battle over and over, but to set them up on a better plane one that's not completely flooded, that they can actually have abundance upon. That's a whole word. Yeah, as you were talking, I was thinking about the pressure of that, perhaps the weight that we all sort of feel to to parent perfectly or to give all of ourselves all the time. And what I think is is a helpful shift is to think about the ways in which the establishment of a covenant even is sort of holy work that can kind of, no pun intended, get into the water of what we're doing. And so it doesn't feel like a to-do list. It doesn't feel like more pressure or things added on to, to an already full day. What it feels like is a way of living into who we are as God's created in a way that shepherds and honors the beautiful gifts that we've been given in the form of our children. And I think about Greg and I have established this sort of covenant, which I didn't even realize that this was a thing until I was preparing for this podcast and thinking about this lectionary passage. But we've established a covenant that we just want our kids to have as little to unlearn as possible. And it's kind of the lens through which we see and do everything. So establishing a desire within them to be open and honest to their experience, to learn more about the world around them, to seek justice, to love, you know, the rest of it. Like, as long as we raise, (laughs) like, good, justice-seeking, kind, lovely, self-aware, honest, open children, the generational stuff will work itself out. And that sounds like a big thing. Like, it sounds like a huge thing. So I'm not, I'm not minimizing it in any way, but perhaps thinking about how to establish a, a parental covenant with your kids that can break some of that generational cyclical trauma really is what it is. Yeah. Where we landed the other week was that we need to, we need this guy to be a non-a-hole when we, when he's old enough yeah. to be dangerous. Yeah. That's, that's a, perfect example of exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> let's not raise, <laughs> let's not raise tiny a-holes, <laughs> but you know, cash knows what that word is. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. We're right back to the parent fail when I accidentally said, but while we were devouring animal crackers and I was like, well, he's definitely going to use, but at school now. Oops. I, I have always called the end of the banana that you don't eat the, butt, the banana butt. You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Yeah, the part sure. that's like attached to the stem. Yeah, yeah, it's a Bananas stem, have right? Two ends. But I'm with, yeah. I'm with it. 
Okay, but I peel my bananas like a monkey peels bananas because I feel like they're experts. So not from- I feel like I haven't watched enough monkeys peel bananas. Then you're missing out. Not from the stem, but from the butt. So then you have to like pinch off the butt of the banana. Anyway, Riggs, every time he eats a banana now, he asked me to come take off the butt, which, you know, it's just what we're doing. So it's fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. fine. Look, a rainbow. LOL. Um, It'll be fine. Actually, that's that's wonderful and a great way to to wrap up our time together. Let's close with a time of prayer, shall we? Do I have to agree? As a McNord, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I felt like it was safe to assume that I was on board with this. Listen, we value consent on the Autopilot okay, podcast. All right. Okay. I'm on so, I'm on board I'm on board with this. <laughs> okay, let's pray. <laughs> God, as we think about what it could possibly mean to reestablish covenant, may we be reminded that we are invited into a beautiful dance with you and with the world. May we be reminded that this work that we do in parenting is kingdom work. May we feel empowered and sustained to continue the work of seeking rainbows, even if it comes one color at a time or if it feels like it's trying to hide. God, create within us a desire to break the generational cycles of trauma, the trauma of racism, the trauma of sexism, the trauma of the socioeconomic divides in our country, Help strengthen us and establish us as parents who want to raise kids who are just not a-holes and help us be reminded that everything is going to be fine. In the name of the triune God, we pray together. Amen. Amen. Okay. It's parent mantra time. There's a parent mantra intro. Is it a theme song? (laughs) Parent mantra. Every week we'll have a parent mantra, something that you can say to yourself or to your partner so that you can be reminded you're not alone. The Auto Parent Podcast family and the Foundry Family Ministries are with you on this journey. Your mantra for this week is... Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. Because friends, if you don't believe that, it's going to be really hard to convince your kids. I've been your host, Pastor KC. You can follow me on Twitter at RevKCVC. And remember to be gentle with yourselves. You don't have to be an auto parent to be a good one. Join us next week, same time, same place. You can find out more information about Foundry United Methodist Church by visiting our website, www.foundryumc.org. If you're specifically looking for information about our Family Ministries Department or our offerings for parents, you can find those at www.foundryumc.org slash family ministries. Everything is going to be just fine. Because friends, if you don't, <laughs> oh my God, why are you laughing? I can only picture that little dog in the burning room. It's fine. <laughs> Everything's okay. It's okay. Everything's fine. Yeah, it'll, it'll be fine. <laughs> it's going to be fine. That's a mantra. <laughs> Is. Are you going to do it again?
Oh, for the love of God, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> is. Do you need like a lead in time? For the love of God. You're going to do Should it. Should I be quiet? Yeah, I'm not doing it. You're doing it. Okay. Is. Parent mantra is. No, you don't have to say parent mantra. You just have to say is. Is.